Welcome to the DaVinci Hour podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maxwell Cooper, and in this podcast series, I interview physicians, medical innovators, and entrepreneurs making an impact on healthcare. This podcast is produced by DaVinci Academy, a multimedia medical education company that provides podcasts, video courses, and digital textbooks. You can see more on our website, www.dbiacademy.com and our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash DaVinci Academy Med. This podcast is sponsored by Doc2Doc, the personal lending platform designed for doctors by doctors. Do you have some big expenses in the near future? Maybe you're moving, applying to residency or fellowship, fixing up your car or home, or starting a new practice. Doc2Doc believes that traditional lenders overestimate the risk of lending money to doctors, residents, and medical students, focusing too much on the challenges of their financial past and giving them insufficient credit for the promise of their financial future. Check out Dr. Doc's personal loan options at drdoclending.com slash DaVinci. Hey everybody, welcome back to the DaVinci Hour podcast. I'm honored this week to be joined by Eugene Borahovich, who is the co-founder and uh, chief operations officer of Your Coach and a digital health entrepreneur. So Eugene, welcome to the podcast. Really happy to have you here this week. Maxwell, thanks for the invite. Uh, honored to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I gave, you know, a brief introduction. Maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey to, you know, where you are right now, you know, kind of your experience uh, in digital health and entrepreneurship and give us kind of just an overview of how you got here. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, as an entrepreneur, I can do a thirty-second thing, but I think I'll I'll go a little bit longer for the sake of the podcast listeners, because <laughs> um, uh, I'm also on the other side. Uh, and actually, maybe that's a fun fact that when you when uh, we connected, uh, I saw that you know you have a profession during the day, and then you're doing the podcast. Um, you know, that's a passion of yours. So, uh, fun fact that I actually do two podcasts. One is more for fun. It's called the Digital uh, the Shot of Digital Health Therapy. It's meticulously unproduced. And the other one is the DTX podcast where we follow trailblazers, policymakers, and do interviews with digital therapeutics, which are software as interventions um, in the clinical space. But I'll back up how I even got to those podcasts. Um, so born, I kind of just uh, joke around and I know I'm not going to go all the way back to my birth, but born from a professional perspective, born as a technologist, realized very quickly that Technology is nothing unless you can put it into people's hands. So it became very commercially focused. I spent um, 20 odd years now in healthcare, health tech. Uh, about half of my career spent in uh, pharmacy benefit management um, side of the world of the healthcare. Um, spent portion of that time uh, in Europe as, we, as the company at the time was expanding. And that's actually what brought myself and the family over. We spent st some of the time here in Europe still, um, you know, our business is focused in US. Joined, uh, back in the day, I started a Health 2.0 chapter, not the movement that's accredited to Matthew Holt and Indus Subaya, who started the Health 2.0 conference um, back in the day. And I started a chapter in New York City and uh, met a number of amazing entrepreneurs. Uh, I was still at the PBM at the time, and I kind of got the bug. Um, and then one on one of the meetups, um, gentleman Dan Kogan, who was building a doctorating service um, at the time, asked me to join. Um, so I joined him. We ended up selling the company within 18 months or so to uh, a publicly traded company at the time. 
Um, and then, you know, kind of fast forward, you know, my career in the PBM um, on this side of the pond, meaning the European side of the pond, um, the company got acquired in US um, and the family and I decided to stay here. So I started a consulting company. We were living in Amsterdam, ended up selling that to a larger consulting group. Um, and then I actually sold into a big pharma uh, a contract. Um, and then it was one of those conversations at one of the events in the big pharma company. You know, do you know anybody who runs digital health uh, or who can help us figure that out? Um, and, you know, my payout was done and I moved over. So I spent three and a half years building a team in digital health. We did early stage investments, partnering and venture building. Uh, and then finally, you know, fast forward uh, to your coach where I joined my wife and, you know, in January, 2020, that was way longer than I normally do, but here we are. No, thank you for that overview. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. You've, you've certainly worked in a lot of different uh, areas of, you know, health tech, which I think is really interesting. You know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, from, I guess the, the entrepreneurship side of things, I guess what, from getting involved in these different, you know, th ideas, I guess what, in your p opinion, like what makes a like company worth, like that you wanted to get involved with, you know, cause I'm sure there's, you've had many opportunities presented to you over the years. I guess, what about like a certain health tech or a certain technology that you gets you really excited or gets you really like, where I need to get involved in this? Yeah. Look, um, and, you know, I think I'll probably talk about the the doctor rating uh, company at the time that, to your point, you know, was running this meetup. There were companies that were pitching, you know, all the time. You know, I was still a little large PBM. So to a certain extent was also quite a lot of pitching to me directly um, at the time. Um, but, you know, I think that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur uh, in the healthcare space is that we all do things that we're passionate about. And this is about helping other people. Right. And if you think about it, and then to a certain extent, it's still unfortunately the case today, it's really difficult to find care, um, you know, with amazing products out there like ZocDoc as an example, um, still it's very difficult to navigate the healthcare system. So that was kind of the first entry point. Um, you know, as, as a matter of fact, I mean, obviously I was on the PBM side at the time, right? Um, and so everything from co-pays to costs out of pocket, um, um, just, you know, and tying that together now, you know, the, the background and, you know, what I love about entrepreneurs, um, it's, and yes, maybe I, I kind of joke around that I lost most of my hair, uh, pushing, let's say non-molecular therapies to a molecular company, or, you know, it's, um, it's not taken no for an answer. It's maybe if somebody says no, it's to me. Personally, it's always no for now, but there could be a chance, right? Um, so that persistence. Fast forward to your coach, uh, and to your point, there's been you know uh, I, I, a number of inbounds to join advisory boards and other components of this. You know, I'm a big believer of focus, also, um, and so and especially if you are running a startup. Um, and so you know, I'll I'll kind of fast forward to your coach. Um, you know, the background on your coach itself is Marina, my wife. Um, she uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer at age of 37. Uh, in her own words, doctor saved her life, but as she discovered health coaching is what allowed her to live it on her own terms. Um, you know, and when the doctor said, you're great, um, you're now good to go, uh, she felt the most broken, right? Um, she built a platform for herself to manage, she became a health coach herself, uh, built a platform to manage her relationship, and, and that included everything from chat, video, setting up programs, payments, all of that. 
Um, and then fast forward to today, you know, her goal was always, you know, how do we enable health coaching for the growing population of 9 billion access to coaching, right? Um, so fast forward to today, we got over 3000 coaches on the platform. And our business model is, you know, across the healthcare value chain, um, we are, and depends on the age of the listeners here, but we are kind of the Intel inside powering up health coaching operations um, for health and, health and care companies. Um, so that's a long way of saying that I think we're all passionate about what we do. And there's always, you know, unfortunately, in many cases are challenges that we're trying to solve for ourselves and for the loved ones. Sure. No, that makes sense. I mean, it's that it's that desire to you know solve a clinical need or a, or a, a you know a pain point that you see. Yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. And thanks for giving us that segue to your coach. I, I guess I want to take a step back for a second. You know, for people who may be not aware, what I guess what is a health coach? How does someone become a health coach? What's like the process for that? And then the like what? Yeah. And what exactly do they like? How do they help? How do they help people? What processes do they use? Yeah. So, um, you know, backing up, um, and that's a little bit unfortunate because I think the term health coach is being used, uh, you know, left and right. Um, and, you know, whether you go to undergraduate uh, sort of graduate programs, continue education programs, uh, or, you know, again, you might have lost X number of pounds uh, or kilos, depending on which side are you listening from. Um, and, um, you know, anybody can really call themselves a health coach, right? Now, the good thing is um, in 2012, uh, there was a National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching that was set up, um, and that board took on upon themselves to um, put together um, everything from jobs to be done to accreditations of schools. So now the National Board, um, as of this date, have now accredited over 114 schools. And that includes undergrad, grad, and continuing education programs. And, you know, there are, uh, again, I don't want to call out any specific schools, but um, there are nurses that are leaving the field and going to get their, um, you know, health coaching accreditation. They're actually doctors in their second career as they retired. They went and, you know, learned health coaching and, you know, leveraging some of the clinical uh, background they have are helping, you know, patients. Um, you know, the the way we describe this, um, and, and it's a bit of this non-clinical psychotherapy, uh, and it's all around behavior, right? Um, some of the tools that coaches use are things like motivational interviewing, right? Uh, reflection techniques. And, you know, and finally, I'll kind of close it off on here for, for the description of this is that, you know, if you think about a therapist, typically therapy goes back into discovering some of the challenges that an individual has. So deep underwater, if you if you can imagine the iceberg, right, um, where coaches are much more focused on the future, right? And in one sentence, a, a, a certified health and wellness coach helps you as an individual understand, set, and achieve your goals. That's pretty much it. As simple as that. No, that's great. I think I think it's a really interesting concept because as you as you I'm sure are aware that, you know, medicine, especially in the US, but I think even, you know, outside the US is very reactive. You know, it's something, you know, you develop a disease or, you know, a, an individual has certain, you know, lifestyle factors for whatever reason that, you know, manifest over time in a disease processes versus where if you like you said looking more into the future than the past, you know, proactively. And then and also like the example you gave for your wife where you get treated and then it's kind of like, where do I go from here? You know, cause then, you know, your oncologist or your surgeon or, you know, whoever treated you is kind of on to the next patient. So I think it's a really interesting concept that proactive 
kind of way of treating people. Well, look, for good, bad, or indifferent, typically physicians have, you know, eight to 12 minutes in the office. Uh, and so majority of your time as a, you know, not necessarily a patient, but as an individual, as a human being, you spend outside of the doctor's office, right? Sure. Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, chronic disease management or any, uh, you know, uh, super cute, but, um, you know, coaches are there to help. I think part of the challenge is that today these services are not reimbursable, right? And um, given the individual's, you know, out-of-pocket cost today just on healthcare alone, it's very challenging to uh, to get a coach, to afford a coach. Um, and therefore, you know, we've been seeing a lot of the digital health companies that are surrounding their products and services for many different reasons across the whole value chain, uh, with health coaches, right? And that's kind of where we come in um, as well. You know, maybe one or two other things around um, kind of the validation. Um, back in 2019, the National Board, together with the AMA, um, announced level three CPT codes. Uh, that does not mean that the the health and wellness coaching is reimbursable. Those codes were out for testing. Uh, there were three codes that were announced. One is an, indiv an initial individual session, ongoing sessions, and then uh, with individuals, uh, and then group session code. There was um, Those codes were propagated across the system. Whoever used them, used them. Whoever didn't, didn't. Um, and then the health national board have collected that, um, analyzed that, and submitted that to the AMA on February 6th of this year. You know, this May, um, the AMA has voted um, on those codes. Uh, I'm under NDA as I'm present in the panel until the final announcements and updates are there. Great. Yeah, I think I imagine that's, uh, you know, with with so many new things you develop in healthcare, as you know, from doing this before is, is how you get it reimbursed. How does, you know, because I mean, just because something's great, unfortunately, just because something's great for patients or improves outcomes, that doesn't necessarily mean you can bring it to market because you got to get it. You know, at the end of the day, you got to get paid for. Um, so I'm curious, you know, I, I've noticed from your platform, I guess maybe walk us a little bit through how your platform works. I've noticed that you've been able to integrate it with, you know, you can have companies that also, if they want their employees to have uh, health coaching as well, like I guess work us through like that yeah. part and then your your business model too. No, absolutely. So, um, you know, first and foremost, and I alluded to this before, there's uh, varying different uh, accreditations um, and schools out there. Um, and so while we, it's amazing what the national board has accomplished to date, um, and I think there's there's more to do, real world data um, is always super important, right? And so um, a little bit of the light bulb went off that, you know, on one side, we have amazing talents, right? These thousands of coaches that are working with their clients. Um, and then we identify the coaches that we would love to work with based on their outcomes with their own clients, right? Um, and then we knock on their virtual door and ask, you know, do you want to do more work? Do you need more work? And I think a lot of the coaches um, are great coaches, but they're not great marketeers, right? Um, and so we're in a in a way where an atypical double-sided marketplace model, right? In a typical double-sided, you need to sort of try to match the supply and demand at the same time. You know, first and foremost, um, you know, we spent two and a half years of from the company formation and always ongoing. We do believe in this amazing community of coaches that joined the platform, but we spent a lot of time on helping coaches get on the platform, get their clients on, um, and then, you know, that we have that network effect on, on the supply side um, happening. 
we're now being recommended as one of the top practice management solutions in the marketplace. And then kind of the evolution of this um, is, you know, our clients um, are as phase one digital health companies, um, you know, just again, we we'll use a very concrete example, a company called Twill, which used to be called Happify Health. Um, they are selling their self-paced, you know, digital therapies and tools and content um, to large employers and health plans, right, um, for members and talent. We, as I alluded to before, we're powering up the life coaching component. Um, but the key to all of this, and this is what, you know, you're in healthcare, we, we've all had experience with healthcare. It is so convoluted to navigate multitude of platforms, of apps, et cetera. Well, guess what? If an Amazon employee that's, uh, you know, upstream client from Twill um, is already using Twill, we shouldn't have that individual if they want to get health coaching to go into your coach platform. So what we've done is we've exposed pieces of the technology from the practice management solution that are very easily embeddable into our client's workflow interface user experience. So when you're an Amazon employee uh, or an Elevance member, member, you have access to Twill, you go in, if you're eligible for coaching, that surfaces for you and your experience with coaching happens within the Twill platform. Coaches, however, sit on the platform that they know and they work with for, you know, X number of months, years, right? Um, they're familiar with it because to date, and I'm not going to ask you straight out, but I'm sure there's challenges in using an EMR every day. There's technical frustrations. I see you nodding your head for the, you know, the, just the listeners out there. And same thing for coaches, right? Because if they're contracting, if they're going to from job to job, most of the time they need to learn tech, right? That's just the world we live in. So this gives them time and focus on what they do best, which is actual coaching. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, no, I can tell you as a physician and then as we cover, you know, often, you know, I'm not unique in this where we'll cover multiple hospitals, there's multiple EMRs. Um, and so, I, you know, having that one central place where your coaches can work, I, you know, in some ways I envy them. That's a, that's a, that's a really nice uh, to have like kind of just one system you need to uh, focus on. And then I think, you know, being able to integrate that with like you said, so many other different companies is really, really interesting and really innovative. So I guess, I guess, how do you, how do you recruit your coaches? Like how, how do you like vet them, recruit them, those types of things? Like what's that process? Yeah. Like if a coach wants to get involved? Yeah. So uh, first of all, we don't recruit coaches. Um, you know, again, first and foremost, we provide coaches a valuable platform. Um, and, you know, if you think about any software platform out there, SaaS, PaaS, doesn't matter. Typically, um, platforms charge more the more clients you have or the more, uh, you know, the, the more anything you do, you get charged more, right? We've actually gamified that model completely uh, because, again, you know, for full transparency, that's not where our revenue stream is from. Our revenue stream is from, you know, companies such as Twill. Um, and so we gamified the model and the more clients you have as a coach, uh, the less you pay. Um, and this is all on the website, but um, you start out with the two clients or one group program um, for free. Once you cross that over, uh, it's $40 a month. Um, and then typically once a coach crosses that over, they're most likely already 35 because they're earning you know points towards a reduction of their monthly cost. And as a coach, um, you can have hundreds of uh, customers, clients, and uh, ultimately pay only $10 a month um, for that. 
Um, so that's, you know, it, it the, the process is working. We don't really, I mean, sure, we do quite a lot of um, outreach. We also put together, we have a very strong community on the platform itself where our coaches, uh, you know, share, uh, you know, their challenges, um, you know, how they solve certain cases, for lack of a better term, right? Um, um, as, and then we also put on um, webinars and events to continuously uh, help coaches level up. We're not an education institution. However, we feel that it's important to continue leveling up. So we just, you know, uh, just last month, we, uh, as an example, we had a webinar on health coaching and women's health. And, you know, our, our head the director of coaching operations, Ashley took, you know, the, uh, took the, took the listeners and the viewers of the webinar through what does it mean? What are some of the challenges? All of that. Right. So that's the second piece. And that's part of the reason why our uh, acquisition costs are nearly zero on that side. That's really cool. And I guess from the, from the patient side of things, I get, uh, how, how do people get, you know, I guess, do they make like a, you know, their own profile, I would assume, and that kind of thing. And like with any other platform, I guess, how do, how do patients, I guess, find out about, you know, your services yep. and, and and sign up and and how does like the program work? Like how often do they meet with coaches and all that kind of thing? Yeah. So um, first of all, we're not a direct to consumer, direct to patient uh, as a company. Um, so again, on one side, we give coaches tools to manage their own clients. And so part of the platform they can invite their own clients to the platform. Yes, you need to create a profile. And then it's a space where, um, you know, and actually part of it, I'll, I'll just back up real quickly. When Marina was coaching, um, you know, she was with Facebook Messenger and one, WhatsApp with another, right? Everybody was using different tools. You get distractions. So this is your virtual home for health and wellness coaching as a coach and also a quiet space for you as a client. So that's the one side. We don't do um, direct-to-consumer, direct-to-patient. There's no discovery um, of, of your coach from that perspective. So that's one side. We also don't do it on the B2B side, right? We are working with companies such as Twill, um, and again, you know, Amazon or Elevance are their clients. And whether it's an employer health plan has communication about, you know, Twill as a service and health coaching as embedded, right? So that's part of this wonderful model that we have here. We are not direct to consumer, as a matter of fact, uh, because of the some of the challenges that we've discussed earlier on lack of reimbursements. Um, I think there's um, many people that cannot afford coaching. And if you go back to our mission as a company is for as many human beings on this planet to have access to coaching and we never say never, but we don't believe that direct-to-consumer model uh, scales uh, with this. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Having, you know, the coaches have, you know, recruit their own clients because that, that's who they're going to come to is for the, I would imagine more so the the individual. It, I mean, it is a chicken and the egg for n newbie coaches, right? That are just coming in. Um, mm -hmm. And therefore, we haven't launched it yet. We've, we've been talking about it for a bit, just, you know, prioritization. We've actually launching a mentorship program uh, with Dr. Sears Wellness Institute that is an educational institution for health coaching. And that's part of it that uh, because while we don't go direct to consumer, we do have people finding us uh, and it is in hundreds, um, I think, you know, every month and going through the sign up process. And then obviously we don't have anything for them. So we figure, well, how do we help these new coaches? And um, at some point we will be asking those individuals if they want a, um, let's call it junior coach or apprentice coach uh, for a fraction of the cost. Um, and then, you know, the, those that coach will 
be getting those uh, individuals as clients with a mentor coach in the background, helping them along. So that's the program that we've created with Dr. Sears Wellness. We haven't launched it yet officially um, out there, but uh, hoping to do so soon. That's really cool. That's really cool. So I think also, I guess from the, the standpoint have, did you see this really take off in the last, like with the pandemic, with like the surge in telemedicine and that? Because it's not, it's a, it's an entirely virtual platform, right? It, you know, there's no uh, yeah. necessarily in person aspect to it, right? Yeah, we had our largest initial growth spurt in 2020. I mean, to be fair, the kind of the minimal viable product, even before we registered as a your coach as a company, uh, had maybe a. Few, a few dozen to a hundred so coaches testing the platform, but we've seen that take off in 2020. Um, you know, and I think it's a combination of the virtual component. Um, I think it's a combination of people being frustrated and lost. I mean, people just freaking need help out there, just mm -hmm. really need help. Um, and while coaches are not there to navigate the healthcare system, they're not, you know, the care coordination or navigators. They are very empathetic. Many co coaches that go into the field, they just want to help people. Um, and therefore, again, this sort of the non-clinical psychotherapy approach is helping. And so we've seen the growth on our platform, not just of the coaches, but their clientele as well. Um, and we've certainly seen um, a lot more demand. I mean, if you think about it, some large employers out there and health plans that are now embedding health coaching um, through, you know, the benefit uh, offering or to the health plan members uh, just goes to show that this profession is here and here to stay. So, okay. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I, the other thing I'm wondering here is, I guess, what kind of data have you guys seen? You know, have you, have you collected any data or maybe like what, you know, just been, you know, just being in the industry, yeah. like what, what type of, you know, studies or, or outcomes have you seen out there with health coaching and people utilizing your services or similar services? Yeah, so uh, you know, I'll back up, uh, and because of the, because of myself spending you know now twenty plus years in the healthcare industry, uh, I don't want to talk about our own data just because it's not. Uh, we have not done trials. We have not done you know validation on that data, uh, and also if you think about coach coaches and coaches, um, you know their own clients. It's a very long tail of offerings, specialties. And so while, yes, we have a lot of data on how and what and helping, just uh, I want to be clear that I don't want to put that out just yet until we, we study that. On the B2B side, we just started commercializing that offering last year. So again, early days. Now let's back up um, and what, you know, some of the listeners that are curious can go to our website um, about three months ago, um, we actually, well, so January, we put out uh, a full health coaching industry report, uh, the, the front lines of health, that's the full name of the report. And that goes through everything from definitions to schools, to reimbursements, to um, science behind health coaching at a very high level. You know, the the maybe the quick data point is that in the last decade plus, We've seen an escalation of clinical studies uh, with health coaching as an intervention. Um, I want to say, uh, and for the folks that are listening, just maybe please check the report out. Um, I want to say close to 500 studies. So the bulk of the percentage of the studies that have been done have been done in the last six or seven years, right? So we've definitely seen that curve, escalating curve of, of health coaching studies. Now, what we started doing three months ago um, is actually doing deep dives on specific therapeutic areas or conditions. Um, we actually, and other use cases, and the reason I say other use cases, 
for example, the caregiver community, right? Um, what happens as an example, if, if you provided a health coach to a caregiver that's caring for an oncology patient, right? Just as an example, um, are there better uh, patient reported outcomes if the caregiver is in the right state of mind? So um, that was our first deep dive, but we've now done um, heart health. Uh, actually, uh, last month we re um, um, released um, employee health. Uh, we've released a substance use disorder and health coaching. And every one of these deep dives have now a collection of studies. Again, these are third party. These are not our own studies to date but third-party studies that have been done with the benefits of health coaching surrounding these specific conditions, therapeutic areas, or use cases. That's really interesting. I'm curious, you know, you've, you've talked a little bit about this already, but I guess what, what aspects do people use health coaching the most? Do you, have you seen, is it, you know, for, you know, chronic conditions, is it weight loss? Is it, you know, more kind of like the psychotherapy aspect you were talking about? Is it, you know, the psychotherapy aspects of lifestyle change, you know, you know, like you said, um, I'm curious, like which areas or which patient populations have used it uh, the most? Yeah, so if we're, we're actually tracking and this is a self selection process uh, of a coach selecting where they specialize in, right? Um, and so uh, I can, as we're talking, I can bring up uh, the, uh, the actual data for myself, but off the top of my head, um, we, you know, weight management, um, lifestyle, broadly management, mental health um, and, and stress, uh, top of the list, um, women's health broadly. And of course we have data on, you know, within that space, like fertility uh, management. But if you, again, if you back up to what a real certified coach does, and if we had a penny, by the way, that we got asked by the healthcare system, you know, where do coaches do? And, you know, for specific uh, therapeutic areas, we say a, a good coach is a coach is a coach and can coach any patient or consumer through their challenges around it. Because again, at the core of it are those behavior change techniques that coaches are trained so well in. Now, I want to make sure for your listeners that again, this is a non-clinical and non-prescriptive service. So if you think about even weight management, a coach could also, and, and this is, by the way, on our platform, many of the coaches also carry other certifications and accreditation. So for example, you know, um, LCSWs or registered nurses or registered dietitians, the careful part that coaches need to be aware of is that when they're speaking to a patient or their client, they need to almost announce, for lack of a better term, that's part of the scope of practice of a health and wellness coach. Am I wearing my health and wellness coach, the non-prescriptive side or if I'm a registered dietitian, can I put together a plan for you? Now, if a coach is not a registered dietitian, they can stu still help quite a bit. Because if you think about uh, if they're working with a registered dietitian who put together a quote-unquote prescribed a meal plan, coaches can go through and using those behavior change techniques uh, to make sure that for lack of a better term, and I hate this term, but it's the one that the healthcare system knows, you're adhering to that plan. And if not, what caused you? Let's step back. Let's step back to the balcony. Let's talk through your behaviors. What was the trigger to go grab that you know, seventh slice of pizza? And I'm making this up, no judgment for anyone, but just to use those examples. So I think coaches are there to help throughout any of these Having said that, last piece on this, the context of a 
disease therapeutic area condition is super important, right? Obviously, um, again, just as an example, if a woman is going through menopause, of course, it is so much more impactful if you're talking to a coach who has gone through it, right? Absolutely. And that's a little bit of uh, what we do here on the B2B side. We take certain parameters of that individual and we do uh, you know, best matching uh, possible. And those matches are sticky relationships. So it's not that it's episodal care, right? Sure. I guess from the, I, I want to ask you from the entrepreneurship viewpoint, I guess, where, where are you guys at in like the life cycle of the company? You know, have you raised yeah. any money? Like, you know, where, where, you know, as far as like rolling your product out and things like that, where are you at and where are you trying to go maybe in the next year or so? Yeah. So we're uh, a seed stage company still. So we've raised a pre-seed right in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, we did our seed round uh, towards the end of 21 into 22. Um, it was a convertible note, safe note. Um, um, and then we've been now very much focused on commercialization. So again, started with Twill. Um, there's a couple of logos that I can't disclose. Another one that we didn't announce the partnership last year was with Field Therapeutics. It's an emotion recognition device. Um, and they're working with life sciences companies and others. Um, and um, and then very much laser focused on the commercial growth. Um, and, uh, you know, where do we see this? I mean, we back to the mission always, right? And that's one of the things from an entrepreneur perspective. You know, you can take two steps here, two steps back, two steps forward, two steps sideways. However, however steps, um, you know, I think you need to be as an entrepreneur anchored in your mission. Um you know, how that's executed on daily basis, monthly basis, that will change uh, over time. Um, and obviously, again, with our goal is, you know, there's just not enough um, clinical talent out there. And, you know, our belief while technology is absolutely so imperative for access to care, right? And again, I'll use digital therapies and self-paced tools such as Twill as a great example, People need other human beings on their journey, ultimately, right? And, you know, I know it's been the craze of chat GPT. I mean, to be fair, we, we filed a number of patents around leveling up coaches. Um, yeah, you know, the learning models are here. They're here to stay. But we look at them as very much augmenting our brains, um, not replacing. Uh, because guess Let's face it. Um, it's funny. I just dabbled in uh, AI image generation for my podcast because my co-host couldn't make it. Um, so I generated an image and I made him talk with his own voice and all of that. And as I got deeper into this, you know, mid journey is one of the tools. There are now like competitions on chat GPT and mid journey prompts. Who comes up with the best prompts to describe people love to compete People love to see other human beings succeed. And I hate to say it on the reverse, people love human drama and robots don't create drama. So I, you know, good, better and different. Uh, I think we're all here to stay. We will have our jobs will shift, our, our workloads will shift, but I think we're here and the humans to help will stay here. That's really interesting. You know, and you know, like you said, one of your missions is, is you know, improving access to, to coaching. I'm curious, you know, obviously the U.S. huge market, Europe would be a huge market, you know, more developed country. But I guess, how are you going outside of those markets? How Like, what's your reach been that way? And I guess, what's yep. your strategy for improving access in, you know, more of the developing world? 
Yeah. So, I mean, look, let's face it. We are a for-profit entity. Um, there are uh, pending reimbursement discussions in U.S. U.S. is probably the most progressive in the sense of adopting health coaching um, as a even a protocol or, or non-clinical intervention. We're absolutely in touch with many of health coaching associations around the world. Um, we are always planting seeds. We're actually every year we run our global health and well-being coaching symposium. So we've already had uh, this will be year four, which is crazy. Um, pretty much every year we had something around international. Um, here's the maybe the tidbit. It's happening around the world. So, for example, within the NHS, there's actually guidance already on how to leverage health coaches. I mean, this is an NHS published documents. Um, um, and then, you know, finally, as again, a for-profit um, entity, but also a young startup, focus is always, always key, right? So we'll go there when the demand takes us. Um, and that's part of the reason, again, back to the mission, we're planting a lot of the seeds, we're conversing, we're engaging in the discussions, we're helping where we can, you know, from a, you know, bus running business tactically perspective, we'll get there when we get there. Interesting. Interesting. Something you, you keep bringing up is the, is the, the laser focus, which I think is really interesting because, you know, many entrepreneurs, you know, and I, I deal with this too. Sometimes it's like, you have all these ideas, you have all these like ways, you know, thoughts of where you want to take your company or new products you want to develop or new marketing strategies. I guess for you and your experience, you've been doing this a while. How do you maintain that laser focus? Like, what do you, like, what, what keeps you, you know, even if you have ideas you really, really want to do, but you realize like, in a way, at least at the immediate moment, they may be a distraction from what you're trying to accomplish in the more immediate uh, time frame. First thing I'll say is none of us are perfect and neither are we. Um, and, you know, there, there are always things that get you excited, but I've always said to any of my teams prior and, uh, you know, with our team here is ideas are so cheap. You know, ideas are cheap. Execution is what actually matters. And in order to execute... You can have an idea, but you need to be able to design a test to prove or disprove the hypothesis as quickly as you can, right? Now, you know, one of our hypotheses early on was that by providing nearly free software to coaches, we would skyrocket. What we found very quickly is that coaches were skeptical. Why is such great software free, right? And so that's why we actually started charging for the software, just as a quick example. You know, another one, we have an amazing community inside the platform uh, and, I, you know, which, which because it's the same platform that coaches and their clients use, we, yes, we saw coaches joining, but not inviting their clients. We quickly discovered that coaches were hesitant of the community tab because, well, if I'm a client, I can go find other coaches and jump ship. So we then put, you know, a little quick thing on the top saying only other coaches will see the coach tab. Your clients don't see it, right? So I, I know these are like little examples, but it came out of an idea. Well, let's build a community. Great. Well, what do we need to do um, around, you know, making sure that there's adoption of it? And the only way you can kind of keep moving forward is with focus, right? Because we all know, and especially this is part of the reason, in my opinion, large organizations just reach certain size and they stop growing typically or, or at a CAGR of X, um, is that, you know, many people have 27 different projects going on at the same time. How, you know, focus is absolutely key, whether you're in a large company or small, just the large organizations don't allow you to focus, right? Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. I mean, I think, 
it's you it's more qual- quality over quantity it's kind of the age old you know saying there yeah yeah um i think that that makes a lot of sense i guess um i guess wrapping up here where where can people kind of find out more about you know what you guys are working on you know obviously we'll we'll plug out you know any kind of links or yeah. anything you want but you know where can people find out more about your coach and what you guys are working on and get involved no i i, I appreciate the 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 landing here uh so it's your coach dot health um and then your coach health on pretty much all of the social medias i think we even now have a tiktok account i don't know how active it is just yet but <laughs> that's awesome and i i want to ask you about also you were talking about before we uh started recording but maybe i want to plug your podcasts as well maybe tell us a little bit about your podcasts that you that you host and and uh yeah what briefly what they're about and like where people can find them too yeah, no, and and when we connected, uh, I responded right away because I saw you, you, you know, your fellow podcaster. Um, yeah, so um, first of all, the podcast can be found on Health Podcast Network. Um, you know, just if you type that into Google, that will come up, and you can search for my name. Um, one podcast, it's myself and Jim Joyce, who is another entrepreneur, uh, American Irish, living in Dublin, uh, Ireland. We've known each other for many years, and we would always go to these events, digital health events. And we realized that not much actually happens on stage, right? It's the same kind of BS, you know, corporate stuff. People just talk what they're, you know, what they're allowed to say. But the real discussions always happen by the bar. And so we, when the pandemic hit, we kind of said, well, we need a stage because both of us pretty extroverted. And we started the shot of digital health therapy. We don't even have a website, but it's on YouTube and in all of the uh, the podcast players. So shot of digital health therapy. Um, and we invite a guest from the space and we kind of shoot the stuff. Uh, I don't know. Um, and then um, it is meticulously unproduced. So we don't produce it. You jump on and we always tell people what you what you say is what people will hear or see. The second podcast, um, when I was still a big pharma, um, we were tracking with uh, with the team, uh, with the innovation team, digital therapies. Um, and, you know, for those who are listening in and don't know, digital therapies, the one sentence of it is these are software-based interventions. And probably the best example that I like to use is something like Achille Interactive, that um, a, a kid playing this Achille game, Endeavor RX, is actually being treated for ADHD, right? And this is an FDA-approved prescribable product. So this is the digital therapeutic software-based interventions. And so we, I was a huge fan and believer um, in, in that space. And so as a pharma company, we actually were, we were one of the first members of the Digital Therapeutic Alliance, which is a nonprofit body that's putting together the coalition, you know, for lack of a better term, lobbying on the Hill uh, for reimbursements and other components. Um, and so when I, I decided to do this podcast, DTX podcast, as simple as that, DTX podcast, um, and I'm doing this with a gentleman named um, Dan, Dan Kendall, who um, actually is the owner of Mission Based Media and started with Digital Health Today podcast and have been expanding with personalities uh, like myself. He calls me the talent. So I get to enjoy doing what I do best, which is talk to people and his team does the production of that. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, we will definitely, you know, provide the links for those in the description. And lastly, Eugene, I guess where where can people uh, reach out to you or connect with you? What are there any platforms you're active on, or or you know, where people can learn more about what yeah. you're doing? Uh, so these days, uh, LinkedIn, um, and I'm still probably a little bit less active these days, but on Twitter, I'm Health Eugene. So. Okay. Perfect. Well, Eugene, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to share with you know your journey and what you're working on. Really excited about it and. Excited for listeners to learn more as well. 
Maxwell, thank you for the invite. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DaVinci Hour podcast presented by DaVinci Academy. Please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow the podcast on your podcast platform of choice to catch the latest episodes. Please leave a comment or review and share it with a friend. Lastly, you can find all of our podcasts, video courses, and books on our website, dviacademy.com. Thank you for listening.